0: It's the, with it committed Young, talented, gifted Black love and politic talk Not loving hip-hop, but it's knowledge we give out I hope that you can catch it and try to run it back Without fumbling the shit we kicked off fits not for the simple-minded More for the gifted I give My opinions, hope you can rebuttal the shit that I kick If you can't, then be quiet Take a seat and just try to soak up the wisdom we spilling With it committed, gotcha Throw up your W's, tell us what's up with you Then we gon' talk about it, we not those other fools This ain't your typical hypocritical dummy news They do that shit for views We do this for the youth Who come behind us In the trenches you'll find us Giving game in the brains of the youngest To remind them of the greatness inside them Let them know that they can become whatever they wanna be Just look at me I'm a young black lion And yeah I'm full of pride Send up with my lioness, product of my environment Whether it's brown dirt, green grass, or iron fence Or a picket fence, don't matter long as you get through it With motivation, dedication, and wittiness Hard work and grittiness, even the sky's limitless You want to know what my definition of witty is or what witty is? That's what witty committee is. Throw up your W's. Tell us what's up with you. And we gon' talk about it. Yeah, we gon' talk about it. Throw up your W's. Tell us what's up with you. And Bear gon' talk about it. Anise gon' talk about it.
1: Yeah. What up, what up, what
2: up, what up, what's up? <laughs> what's
3: up with it? <laughs> Still though.
2: It is October 30th, 2019. that's like Wednesday. So it's a witted Wednesday. Indeed. I am your big homie's big homie about Brian. I am sitting next to the always authentic Andy's Austin.
3: The baby voice.
2: Appreciate having y'all in here tonight. Um I wanted to open this show. Um, first and foremost, paying homage um to Somebody that is so ingratiated in black culture that we barely say his real name. Mm -hmm. We call him by his characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And each character that he played always resonated somewhere along the lines of father.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Mr. John Witherspoon
3: um, Yeah, boy!
2: was um, he fulfilled his duties here in this lifetime. um, And has passed on And it has left a lot of people with um, remorse, um, some sadness, some have just been reliving the best moments of his life, um, passing them along on social media, kind of just uh, highlighting the aspects of them that they remember. Um, I was uh, texting a friend of mine, and they alluded to this like the the uncle on your daddy's side just passed away. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah. I feel where they're coming from. Like I, I'm very, I'm, a, I'm, I'm weird when it comes to comedy sometimes. So I'm not going to um, allude that. Like he was. Oh my God! This is this is my favorite comedian of all time. But I do hold some precedence to who he was and the characters that he played. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Friday would have been the same without John with the phone. No. Um he is one of those characters that if he is in the movie, he has a line in the movie that makes the movie. The movie. Mm-hmm. Um the br- 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 bros barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> So, um in finding out this news and having dialogue with Denise, we kind of like started to uh dissect black comedy.
3: The story behind the story.
2: Yeah. And we came to uh, a point where we literally kind of agreed that most of the comedians that are part of our culture, the jobs that they hold in our culture are of very high regard and I don't think we pay attention to the regard that they hold. Mm -hmm. I don't think that a lot of our comedians get their flowers while they still can.
3: That's right.
2: Um, We have a lot of falling here, like Ronaldo Ray passed and nobody kind of, resonated with the impact that it had given his imprint on comedy view on b e
3: t no
2: also a friday <laughs> also a friday character um i think that the point that we were going to dissect into was these are voices in our culture um rappers singers they have a message but their voices are used a lot differently Mm-hmm. Uh, comedians are literally taking the muck and the bile and the things that surround us in everyday society, and they make light of them. They make our plight palpable.
3: It makes it so we're able to continue to push through. Um, the phrase that, that popped in my head was, Behold the gestures, gesture. Um, in medieval times, I suppose, we can say the court jester's role was to amuse the king. Mm-hmm. It was to bring some light to entertain, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a measly job, but it was a job that was sought after, because it meant that you had some, some level of ranking, because you were in close quarters with uh, a monarch.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, often we look at that, and we look at it as as if it is such a meaningless job, but the gesture... That is given by a court jester is the ability to look at oneself and take the ugliest things about themselves Mm -hmm. and put it on a platter so real that you're forced to look at it. Mm -hmm. You know, we look at black comedy and the comedians that we have and we should look at them with a level of of reverence. We should have a level of respect for them that counter... Well, it is different from the respect that we have for rappers and singers, as you made Mm -hmm. reference to earlier, because one of the things that we get from comedians is transparency, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: and it makes it okay. It makes it okay for you to laugh at yourself, for you to not take things so seriously. It made it okay. Um, In our community, we do have a lot of large large following and it made me have to look at just how wide, like what is the message we're supposed to be seeing here and other than us being able to give our legends their flowers while they are alive we also have to take into consideration what a gift it is to be able to have these things Mm -hmm. let's look at the the, the political climate today let's take Dave Chappelle, right? Mm -hmm. okay so Dave Chappelle is responsible for Not just being one of the pioneers that was on Def Comedy Jam, but he later went on to make a movie called Half-Baked, which is supplemented inside of stoner culture. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of those movies that you have to watch, I guess. Um, And after that, you know, he was in a lot of other notable films, like right on the side of Martin Lawrence, right on the side of um, Eddie Murphy. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, like... Dave Chappelle went there and then gave us the Chappelle show. Chappelle show was a slap in the face with some of the most wild moments there was. Like the racial draft, you know, a lot of these things, (laughs) a, a time machine going back into slavery, you know. Dave Chappelle gave us access to Charlie Murphy absolutely, and the Hollywood stories that he was telling you know Dave Chappelle gave us access to that so then Dave Chappelle takes a hiatus you know for whatever reason we don't have to discuss the reason but Dave Chappelle gave us a hiatus and then came back and got a sixty million dollar contract with Netflix he made two, and then just recently came out with one that was all over the internet. It was a buzz that was going on because this man was doing the, co- the same comedy that allowed him to get the Chappelle show.
2: Hey man, like that, quietly, that's thirty million a show.
3: Hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like that's crazy. Muscle, 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 muscle. Thirty million for a
3: show. Thirty million for a show. That's crazy. We speak it into existence, Lord. We won't. We yeah. won't. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> we want we want the money Absolutely. we want the money yes we do we we want the money but I mean in other words they made it okay like Dave Chappelle gave us a lot of ugly moments and we laughed and as we've gotten older we've really looked at those moments like wow we really could have used it mm-hmm. the same with the boondocks absolutely you know absolutely. the same with the boondocks we see a lot of things that's happening in our culture right now we're like man i sure wish dave Chappelle was on air so we could go ahead and get this and chop, this, chop this, this one up so i can know that there's somebody that's speaking for me i sure wish the boondocks is running right now you know another show that was an animated series that that john witherspoon added his legacy to yeah you know
2: like, no. that show isn't the same without him because... Like, I saw somebody last night say, if if you haven't finished the boondocks, like, the resurgence of it, how it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. don't even worry about it no more. Yeah. Like, even if you've already started the process of, of filming and, and making the, the actual shows, mm-hmm. if you haven't completed it... Go. Like, because now you have to have a funeral for Pops. Yeah. On the show. Like, you can't just remove him and and, and leave that space for it. Yeah. So, I mean...
3: I mean, with, with that being said, like, that speaks to his legend. Like, so, we saw Dave Chappelle. We have been certainly, like, gobsmacked at the resurgence of Jordan, Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. Jordan Peele was on a show, Comedy Central. Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key were... Key and Peele. It was a show that came out on Netflix that did a lot of the same sketches, not the same sketches, but they were in that ballpark of, make, of saying things like, what if kind of sketches? Like, what if you were in this situation? Mm-hmm. And the same mind that was able to put up the sketches and the, the humor towards some ugly situations when it came down to Key and Peele was the same man that brought up social commentary within movies like get out don't let go Mm -hmm. this man is you know also creating other platforms with trying to bring about um bring the Candyman movie back into fruition and um and um he's the the host of the Twilight Zone uh, iconic show of the millennia you know this is the mind of a comedian. This is the mind of somebody who has to look at things from a seri- from a comical standpoint in order to get it to be as serious as it is.
2: Um, I, think, I think they're almost like like they're like you know the same reverence we hold for pastors, mm-hmm. like the people who take a situation and they make it an inspiration to you so you can push through it. Comedians do the exact same thing. It's just a reverse to it to me. It's like they take the same situations that you face with day by day, and they make it to where you can deal with. Them. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's one thing to know the situation you're going through, you know the, the stuff you deal with on day to day basis, but to make it to where you know you can understand what it is and move past it, or dissect it to a point where it's no longer something hanging over your head, it's something that you can move around.
3: It is a it's a it's a worldview though. Uh-huh. They don't speak to the individual as as, as you know as as the would. the pastoral. It is a worldview. They make it possible for all of us to feel in that moment, Mm -hmm. you know comedians have been some people that we are looking for and we are looking to for, you know, just for historical sake Dick Gregory was a comedian slash social justice warrior slash civil rights institute (laughs) (laughs) slash political political advocate advocate (laughs) slash our grandfather you know what I'm saying what up Cash, like it is, the role of the comedian it was not always about laughter. Sometimes it was all it was about peace. Sometimes it was about finding your community. Sometimes it was about the the knowledge that you weren't alone in this struggle. You know, going into a comedy club and having a comedian make a joke that he thought about that was himself and seeing how many people resonate with that inside of the crowd. Um, We have Coming to America 2 coming out.
2: Yeah. Like, and that's, that's unprecedented, because that's, like, my funniest movie of all time.
3: Yeah, like, coming to America, too, with with the reigning goat, Eddie Murphy.
1: Yeah.
3: Eddie Murphy, who's also in a Netflix movie called Dolomite. The amount of uh, our greats are really out here. And just speaking with, with Brown about this, it, it made me, first of all, before we even got to John Witherspoon, me and Brian were sitting down last night, and we was talking about something. And, yes, I was. Yes. <laughs> and, I all of a sudden just bust out and said, Arsenio Hall don't get the credit he deserves. Arsenio Hall does not get the flowers that he deserves. Arsenio Hall was and is the that man. Who you wanted to be affiliated with? Not only was he a part of historical roles as, you know, coming to America. Sammy, this man had a—he was a black late-night television talk show host.
2: He was Black Dave Love.
3: He was the Black Jay Leno. Black. (laughs) David Letterman, black Ricky Lake, black. <laughs> he was black excellence at a time at at the, in a time slot where you there was no
1: representation.
3: There, there was no re- representation like you could see him on TV and you could see your favorite artist. I remember the day I remember he had a whole slew of the of the artists at that time, the the hip hop artists at that time, on his show, and they were performing, and you could just see him in the back just grinning because he was so excited that this he had a platform to let these artists be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, you could take from from that and go right down to the impact that the Wayans brother family, the Wayans family, has on our culture. The Wayans family, comedians, Four, five of them. Multiple, multiple, like all of the Wayans, even the kids too. The kids too. Damon Wayans, son. Like the Wayans, the Wayans family has provided opportunities for a lot of different comedians. If it was not for the the Wayans brothers, you wouldn't know Jim Carrey.
2: You would not.
3: You would not know Jim Carrey, who is. I, I would like to shake Jim Carrey's <laughs> hand. I know we black the black, black, black right now, but I do love me some Jim Carrey. Um, you wouldn't know.
1: Top
2: five.
3: You... Hello. Top five. You wouldn't Cold, know.
2: Like racist racist race Let High
3: me tell five. you something. Fire marshal bill, come on man. Fire marshal bill is a, a a a crack that's been used throughout the millennium. You don't get your fire marshal bill looking. I mean throughout the throughout the millennium, like you have you've been you we've been gifted a lot of opportunities. You know what I'm saying. You wouldn't know Jennifer Lopez without the way it's broke. Facts. You wouldn't know Jennifer Lopez. She started as a fly girl.
1: Yeah.
3: On In Living Color. Yeah. You know? Big you cop. you You wouldn't know a lot of these opportunities. Hey, the Wayans Brothers had a syndicated show. Guess who was involved with that? John Witherspoon. Right. You know, you wouldn't know a lot of these. Uh, as funny as, as crazy. You, putting bias aside, a lot of the Wayans Brothers material probably wasn't as funny to a lot of people. But we... We got a lot of quotables from a lot of... Don't get caught drinking your juice in South Central, you know? Yes. Like, we have a lot of quotables from... From Scary Movie and White Chicks and... I mean, you wouldn't have... You wouldn't be able to see... Is that Terry Crews? Yep. You wouldn't be able to see Terry Crews in a comedic fashion if it was not for you being able to see him in White Chicks. Like... They made us look at the comedians of our time. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, not only... Well, first of all, J- Jamie Foxx is a renaissance man. Yes, he is. Jamie Foxx is able to make jokes upon you all at the same time. While playing the piano. While playing the piano and singing <laughs> singing your girl out of panties. It's, it's insulting, really, but he's just that good. Like, the comedians that we have should be spoken about with the same amount of respect that we give our legends when it comes down to songs you know black cinema as far as comedians right now have been a buzz it has all been buzzing and scrolling down my timeline you know from seeing the loss of John Witherspoon the only word that I can see attached to this man is legend legend legendy like <laughs> if if he is if we all can say that he's a legend and we can we can say that unapologetically and we can stand on that unapologetically and we can we can push that out unapologetically we should do a better job at saying all of these things and proclaiming all of these things while they are still alive to hear it. Because I'm sure no one is faking, well, you know, you have, a, you got a couple of cloud chasers, but we're not talking to them. We're talking to you. You really felt some way about, about the loss of John Witherspoon. So why is it? Why did you feel a way about John Witherspoon passing? Because of the relevancy. Because of the way you, the way that you were able to relate to him,
2: I also saw somebody say, um, "I'm not ready for that generation to to pass on." Yeah, like you got to think we have a lot of comedians between the ages of like 50 and 50 and 80. Like, the bulk of them, actually. Yeah. Like, you have a couple of new ones that's in their early 20s to, mm-hmm. to, to mid-30s. And they they pushing the name for themselves. You got your DC Young Flies, Chico Beans, Just Hilarious. The people that we see... Carlos Miller. Yes, the people we see circumvented all the time on shows like and Out and Saturday Night Live.
3: But, I mean, it's also the unsung, you know, Tommy Davidson.
1: Yeah. In T- Living Color.
3: In Living Color. Black Dynamite. Yeah. You know, Tommy Davidson was... And still is someone who we should talk about. Like, let's not get crowded in the conversation with comparisons.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: No, let's just state what is. We don't have to say who's better than anybody at this moment. Give flowers while they are while they are needed to be given. Because Tyler Perry just created Tyler Perry Studios. Celebrating everything that is black culture. Mm-hmm. A comedian. Facts somebody who has brought laughter into our lives presented us with something that was also something for the culture see as a comedian you're not just somebody that peddles jokes you live a life to the point where you have to make it funny mm-hmm. you are tasked with the with the you have to make the ugliest you have to make the ugliest things appear to be so light hearted I mean Pops John Witherspoon was literally like your uncle that passed away on your father's side. Or your uncle that passed away. You know, your, your granddad is somebody, some male figure. Every role he was casted in. From, you know, Vampire in Brooklyn. Um, the Wayne Show. Like, every time we saw Pops, it was literally the same thing. And that was A-OK. Every time we saw this man, it was relatable. We laughed because he was relatable. It was relatable. It was what we
2: needed.
3: It was what we needed. It was what we craved in that moment because it was something that was so authentic about the fact that he wasn't even taking himself seriously. Like, we saw Pops dressed in some of the most ridiculous clothes. Like on Friday. He was
2: always dressed like a gas station attendant. Uh (laughs) No matter what role he played.
3: He looked like a clown. Like, he, in Friday, he taught us a lot of lessons. Mm -hmm. Even in jest, like, he taught us a lot of lessons. And we have to make room for our gatekeepers, our listeners, to not our listeners, but our Our senseis, so to speak. We have to give them their flowers while they still exist because I'm not ready for that generation to die off either. I wish I could have saw Richard Pryor in his prime. Man. I mean, we're talking about Richard Pryor who was a bisexual man and told us about it. And nobody nobody questioned him at that point. He told you. He told you, like, he told you everything that was you needed to know about him. And he made it so funny. Charlie Murphy was not just Eddie Murphy's little brother or big brother. He was not just Eddie Murphy's brother. Uh Charlie Murphy wound up making a name for himself. And a name that we, we gravitated towards because Charlie Murphy was always... Hilarious. He seemed like he was the brother that was into the streets and was really trying to make a way for himself, but was quiet as funny, you know.
2: You weren't finna walk up on
3: Eddie. You, <laughs> you weren't finna walk up on Eddie Murphy talking nothing. Remember the, the special I saw when, when, um, the little clip I showed you when Eddie Murphy was on stage. This the red leather outfit.
1: Delirious, delirious, <laughs>
3: and somebody in the stand said. Do do outtakes raw all you can hear was shut up, bitch. It was it was Charlie Murphy. Like you can hear Charlie Murphy in the audience because Charlie. somebody because somebody had heckled his brother. Uh, yeah. And the reaction that Charlie Murphy that Eddie Murphy gave on stage was he was over with because he knew his brother's voice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was he was over it. I mean I'm not ready for a lot of our greats today either. You know, like, the pictures that are circulating now, you got Martin Lawrence, Will Smith, Eddie Murphy, and Wesley Snipes in one shot together. And that's a picture that I I hope hangs in a museum at some point because that is the, the precipice of black excellence. Like,
2: that's every action movie, black action movie we can think of. Like, that's Bad Boys. That's, um... Uh, Blade? Yes. That's, um... What's the movie? Every Will Smith movie. I'm trying to, like, like, our robot. Like, you like, look how many action films you get for just from those four people. Three Strikes.
3: Absolutely. I mean... Just... Blue Street. Blue <laughs> Street. <laughs> yes, uh... Um... Yeah. So... It just makes us have to think about, like, giving these people... Like, they're rock stars in their own right. You know, a lot of people give Kevin Hart a lot of trash, you know, but Eddie but Kevin Hart has performed in a way to where he sold out Madison Square Garden. He's second only to Eddie Murphy. That that is a feat.
1: Yeah.
3: Like I don't care about how you feel about this man personally. Yeah. That is a feat. Yeah. That is something for the record books. You have to say Kevin. Regardless of how you feel about this man, you have to say Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart not only was a star himself, he created a platform, the Laugh Out Loud Network, that gave you the Hudson Brothers. Mm-hmm. That gave you a lot of these internet comedians that gave them a platform to be able to talk. Hell, Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon gave us and Out. Yeah. Were well, we able to see a lot of up-and-coming great artists, great comedians... Get out here and just make us laugh.
2: Like, the a- police. A- P- a- F- like, we did not know a- F- and Crockett before Wilding Out. Mm-hmm. And this, the resurgence he had in those, the, 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 like, the mid to late 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like, you saw his name everywhere. And person named Jay Z, like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Jay Farrell, like, when, the way he in person, like, those people who do these sketch comedy shows and mm-hmm. they make a name for themselves doing it. Mm-hmm. It's like you take comedy by the horns because it's like, you have to be funny and prompt to. It's not written jokes no more. It's it's literally delivering material on the spot. And it's certain people that we have a part of our culture. It's the, it's the other black comedians that specialize in this, attru- in this attribute. Mm-hmm. It's almost like freestyling. Mm-hmm. But with comedy. Like
3: Dave Chappelle said that. He said, you know, just be be yourself. Be funny. Like, you don't have to make a joke every time you talk. But just make it so you're interesting. Mm-hmm. Make it so you are an interesting individual. Like... You will be funny just by people being interested in the things that you say. Mm -hmm. You know, there are, as you just said, there are certain artists that can perform. There are certain comedians that can perform at that high altitude of just funny. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are different spectrums of comedy, just like there are different genres of rap. You know, sometimes you want goofy, sometimes you want a, a political satire type of situation. The political climate that we're in, you know, as we saw with the backlash that Dave Chappelle got, you you can't say certain things unless it's going to be looked to as hate speech or perpetuating some type of narrative that goes against people and hurting them. And I just want my comedy funny. That's all I really want. Like, my life, your life, his life, her life, our lives are hard enough every day by watching the news. I don't look at comedians for that. I look at comedians for the ugly truth. You know, there are a lot of us that use comedy and use humor as a defense mechanism. I do. I can't say something bad that happened to me without me just busting out laughing. Like, this stupid as hell. (laughs) I'm dying on the inside. You know, but it, it it makes you have to look and ask yourself, like, this isn't a conversation where who's a legend comes up. What are the qualifications for you being a, a comedian, a comedic legend? We, we, don't, we like, don't have to. This. this ain't that.
2: It's more so like we know who we hold in high regard. And because they're not constantly on front of a TV screen, we put them in the back of our minds and say they're not relevant. When these people have put in the work already,
3: Mm-hmm. They've
2: they've done the things they needed to do. They've made sacrifices and they've made us laugh for years.
3: Cat Williams continued to say stuff, you know, on his on his specials. Yeah, I remember Cat Williams talking about NASA and how NASA used to have to go up and go up into the sky when they went to space. They would come home and they would report all their findings to us. Now, <laughs> no, they didn't found six super Earths. I found that out from Cat
1: Williams. Williams. <laughs>
3: And y'all need to understand, like, I found it out from Cat freaking Williams, dog. Like, I looked up a lot of the information from Cat Williams, from Dave Chappelle, you know, because these people operate in a terrible environment where they have to make it funny. Dave Chappelle came out and said, you know, what is making these people crazy? These are strong people inside of Hollywood. What's making them crazy? Maybe it's the environment. These people ain't sick. That was a, a viewpoint that I got from Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle also was the one to ask you know, have us ask deeper questions like one of these sh- school shootings happened in Ohio. Dave Chappelle got his friends and friends of his friends to come together and do a festival for the people of Ohio just so they could congregate. Just so that just so he could show that there was more good people in the world than bad. Absolutely a comedian. A comedian did this. This mm-hmm. is the jester's gesture. Because they know how, u- how ugly things are, they are tasked with making those things seem funny. Most you, of them are, are successful in it.
2: And you got to think. Like, think about your personal life.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: In your personal life, you have things that maybe happen to you. And when they take place, you have to then learn to deflect
1: mm-hmm.
2: the initial brunt of what happened to you.
1: Just mm-hmm. to be able to
2: tell it to someone else. Just Mm -hmm. like you just said, when you start to tell somebody what happened to you, you almost start laughing at it because you're looking at it now from the outside view. Yeah. And you're looking at yourself. Mm. Comedians have to do that with everything. Stuff that affects them and stuff that does not. Mm -hmm. Stuff that affects people close to them. Stuff that happens to them because of the people close to them. Mm -hmm. They have to make all of that make sense to other people and make it funny. Yeah. And the groveling task that it is trying to make sure all these people kind of coincide, like all these people Rock with you in this one way. Mm-hmm. It's like I can tell them a harsh reality b- based off my life. Something that I came across. Something that I experienced. I can tell them a harsh reality. And in that, they then say, well, I, w- I go through the same thing. I've never looked at this objective viewpoint before. Mm-hmm. And now when I go home to deal with this problem, you know, man, you know what? I'm not even finna deal with this. This, this. this ain't even that big.
3: Like you, you have to look at the skills that you have to possess to be able to talk about something that is of you. But make this seem as if it is for you. Mm-hmm. As you were saying about pastors and reverence. Mm-hmm. They speak directly to something. Sometimes we go to church and we say, yo, I feel like the pastor was talking directly to me. Yeah. Let's take Arsenio Hall for, for a, an example. Mm-hmm. Arsenio Hall was a TV host of a night show. Mm-hmm. He interviewed a lot of people. He he himself being funny. Yeah. He had to make, had to give the person who he was interviewed a platform that did not overshadow his. Uh-huh. He had to make something uniquely about this person and give them the clearance that they needed in order to continue. Yet he had to be funny and personable enough for us to be able to want to watch him.
1: Yeah.
3: Arsenio Hall does not get the credit that he deserves. I mean, as far as a trailblazer, Arsenio Hall is the person that we have to look to as far, because that was unprecedented at the time, uh-huh. you know. That was unprecedented. Like as far as nighttime hosting, what you got? Tavis Smiley.
2: You had Tavis Smiley, Oprah, and you got Arsenio
3: Hall. Oprah, Tavis Smiley, Arsenio Hall.
2: And the only one that was at night and was prominent for not just political stuff but everything.
3: Every single fiber that was was Arsenio Hall. You
2: know, Arsenio tackled every dynamic. It wasn't something he left out. It wasn't things that he avoided. Tavis Smiley had. It was a it was a structured show. Mm-hmm. They talked about things a certain way. Mm-hmm. Where Arsenio Hall was literally bringing in whatever talent he found that needed to be exemplified mm-hmm. and showcasing it on his show, because he had a platform large enough to to grant exposure. Mm-hmm. And everybody listened or watched Arsenio because of how relatable he was. Mm-hmm. He didn't come off. He came across like the cool person you wanted to know.
3: Yeah, I mean, getting back to John Witherspoon, with just you were saying, the relatability. Yeah. Pops was not Cle- Cliff Huxtable.
2: No.
3: You know, bringing in another comedian, Bill Cosby. Pops was not Uncle Phil. No. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. First things first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil.
1: For real. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um. Pops was not your run of, run of the mill preppy star. Yeah. He was often a father that had some very weird ways of dealing and was so comedy, infused. He was funny, he was a character himself. But when he would take those moments to speak to the kids in his life, whether it was Craig or the Wayne's brothers, you always knew when he was serious. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a which is something that is in our cu- in our culture for real. Like, yeah, granddaddy might joke and play with you, but you know when he he's serious. serious, and you know <laughs> when it's time to listen. You know when he's not just just saying stuff. You know when he's serious. You know when he's trying to convey a message to you. Um. I'm seeing a lot of Friday, the gun scene when Craig goes in to find his gun. I'm seeing that scene come up and down my timeline, up and down my timeline, because perhaps to black men, that had to be one of the most relatable, especially if you grew up without your father. Absolutely. That had to be a moment where
2: it, it resonated.
3: It hit you differently, because the way that Craig was looking at him when he said, put your dukes up. <laughs> it was. It was a. It seemed like a, a a very very comical moment, but it wasn't nothing funny about that moment. You could see, no matter how ridiculous it was, put your dukes up. Craig followed the demand. Yeah. He followed the order, uh-huh. and he looked him dead in his eyes and said, "Now you a man," and he walked out with it. Uh-huh. His father taught him something right then. You know, in our community a lot of us have grown up without these without these these prominent characters. So to see them given to us from a cinematic perspective and still they be something so groundbreaking. We have to thank John Witherspoon and Ice Cube for allowing that part of the culture to continue to live on because that is something that you it is a timeless it is a timeless shot. I know people, including myself, that can watch Friday for 24 hours straight. No, every 24, line. No, every line of it because of the relatability. Because it was so necessary. It was so needed in an era where all of us was broken. We got a lot of our funniest and a lot of our life lessons from comedians. Will Smith, you know... Just off of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air alone, we saw Will grow, and we saw him be involved in different aspects. Like, you have to think about it. A lot of these funny sitcoms were charged with giving us some lifelong lessons to carry. Mm-hmm. You know, Will Smith was on Pills. Um, Will, in the show, was on Pills, and he had some in his locker, and Carlton took them. And Carlton almost died. And the pain that Will experienced on his face, he cried because he was so sorry, but he honestly didn't mean for it to happen. He was trying to really work with the pressures that was on him as a high school student. You know, when Will was shot and he was in the hospital bed, Carlton came in with a gun because he was like, yo, I got to. I'm, 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 I'm about boss. that action. It was Will who had to tell him. Will, the comedian. It was Will who had to tell him, Bruh, you owe me. I saved your life. Give me the gun. He took the gun and he took the bullets out on the bed while he was there and he wept. These are scenes that we will remember for the rest of our freaking lives.
2: This, the, the episode when they was pledging. Yes. And Will got in but Carlton didn't.
3: Yeah, that episode, you know, and Carlton really, He went. he, he, went, he, yeah, he went, went there, down. you know, <laughs> he went there like, Carlton really had it and of course the iconic scene of you know Will and his father I mean you know Will and his father and, and Uncle Phil having to step in I mean Will growing up and saying hey you know moving into his own apartment and he saying man what if I never get it right what if I never get it right and it was Uncle Phil who said man you know out of all of my kids you the one that I never had to worry about it's those moments that we will take with us for the rest of our lives But the people who played these are just that big to the point where it's not just their TV shows and movies. It's, you have a point of reference now. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: You have a point of reference for how things are supposed to be done. Like, John Witherspoon, his role in a lot of these different projects that he was in was so relatable because we know somebody who's like that. Mm -hmm. He's not a tough guy. He's not a tough guy. You know, he is the type of person that will wear white belts and white shoes.
2: After Liberty. <laughs> you know. <laughs> if they still follow that, I don't know.
3: That unapologetic realness is something that we, we we long for. It's something that we need. And it's like we look at a lot of the, com- the you know, Robert Townsend.
1: Ooh.
3: Robert no. Townsend. Parenthood. The Parenthood. I mean, Meteor Man. Um, five Heartbeats just what he's done for black cinema say this man's name give this man his flowers i don't care about your bias i don't care if you didn't like any of these things like this is somebody who we have to we have to look at and we have to say these people's names as far as you know the impact that they have to our cultures we will sit here and argue all day about how jay-z and Jay Z is a better rapper than Lil Wayne or Tupac, and blah blah blah. You know, but to those of us who do not use drums and do not use microphones for beats, the ones who just tell the saddest stories from their hearts and put it on, put it out there, and we relate to it. We have to say these people their names because we have to say these people's names. Excuse me, because you can imagine what type of sadness they're going through. Absolutely. In order to be able to laugh. At their own pain, you know. Kevin Hart came laugh at my pain. I think,
1: um,
3: a, I think a factor that uh, one—the
2: last time we we were gripped this hard with the loss of a comedian um, was, was uh,
3: Bernie Mac. I've just and I say don't that. think
2: Bernie Mac. I mean, I know people hold a Bernie Mac in high regard. Like other comedians hold Bernie Mac in high regard. Like outside of Richard Pryor, a lot of comedians' favorite comedian is Bernie Mac. Mm-hmm. And I know that he has his respect in their in their in their realm, in that culture, but do we hold Bernie Mac in high regard?
3: Hell we? yeah, we hold Bernie Mac in that we call Bernie Mac a king of comedy. We call him that. We're not called. Bernie Mac is still somebody who I see people talk about today. Today. Like we still see people using Bernie Mac lines. You know? I ain't scared of you motherfucker. I ain't scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> Milk and Coon Blessed. And- like <laughs> you know All we long we long. we still talk about Bernie Mac. Not only do we still talk about Bernie <laughs> Mac, but you know um the creator of Baby's Kids. Mhm. Um what's his name? Uh
2: I know who you are talking about. I can't even, I I, I If not...
3: y'all listening in the comments, what's the man's name who who was who had a uh, um What's his name, man? It's gonna bother me and I don't wanna click out of the live.
2: The same dude from um uh, uh that was in uh House Party. Yeah, I
3: know. Robin Harris, thank you Tiadra. Um Robin Harris was undoubtedly like we have to say this man's name. He influenced a lot of people, you know.
2: Do you have like the favorite line was from a small town called Fresh Up a Cop's
1: head
3: You making me home <laughs> 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 Thank you, DJ.
1: <laughs>
3: um Yeah, Robin Harris, we have to say these people's names. Patrice O'Neill, Patrice O'Neill. yeah. Patrice O'Neal. Like, he, we lost him prematurely. He was hilarious. Um, These people actually made Earthquake. He's not dead. You know, say Earthquake's not, he was funny. You know, he's funny. We, Comic View. Like, every artist that has something to do with Comic View. Like,
2: Shout out to Ricky Smiley. Shout out oh. to, yes, yes.
3: Birmingham. Yeah, oh. <laughs> God. Yes, sir. Let's say Ricky Smiley's name. Say Ricky Smiley and not in conjunction with who he beefing with in the city. Say Ricky Smiley and not in, in belief of what all you feel he's not doing for the city. Like, take yourself out of the equation Absolutely. for a second. Yeah. And just look at the things that these people have done. And you have to tip your hat to it. On the on behalf of Black culture. On behalf of the culture, like you have, you have to 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 say these people's names because I remember staying up at night watching Comic View mm-hmm. on BET. I remember this. I remember watching this. I remember, you know, Ronaldo <laughs> Ray. I remember seeing these people. What 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 Brown?
2: J could come in and say, your mom was so dumb, she thought the quarterback was refunded. <laughs> I ain't heard that since elementary school. <laughs> I'm sorry. My nostalgia took over people. My bad.
3: <laughs> Worldwood Jr., also from Alabama. Absolutely. Worldwood Jr., also from Alabama. These people have made it onto a platform in a place where, I mean, come on, Alabama, let me speak directly to y'all. Mm-hmm. Like Ricky and Smiley and, and Roy Woods Jr., the amount of work that these people have done and are continuing to still do, okay. you have to call these people's names out and say, hey, even if you don't think they're funny, you got to salute them because I guess with with them, you can see that it's possible. Yeah. I you know, I, they are goals to them. They should be goals.
2: Yeah. I used to read Roy Woods Jr.'s blog on MySpace. Yeah. Like, he used to really, I remember one time he thought, he lost some papers or a check. I was twenty fifty nine and like, the little, the down ramp. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a whole blog about it, talking about how his days at FAMU. I used to read it, Mm -hmm. like, religiously almost, because it was like, it took me away from somewhere I was dealing with. It's seeing somebody else's problems, and them making jokes about them. Same thing we've been saying. Like, he made jokes about his unfortunate circumstances. So the unfortunate circumstances you're going through, you able to kind of put light to them sometimes. It's like, mm. I can laugh
1: about this now.
3: Yeah, you can laugh about it because you see that it's capable. Somebody else is capable of doing it, yeah. and they're going through a, a significantly worse thing if we're gonna measure it. Yeah, you know. But I remember the Battle of the Bands. Um, little known fact. Got any thoughts there. Um, in the elementary school. I went to Lewis Elementary, Let Eagle Wings Inspire Success, Lewis School, Aristocrats, all it. <laughs> Um Lewis had the band in elementary school. We had a band that that actually was involved in the Battle of the Bands. We were the only elementary school that was involved in the Battle of the Bands. And I was a high stepper. Okay, And then. a majorette. K.L. Muscles. I was a high stepper. And... We performed. I mean, I remember sometimes we performed in the rain and everything. I mean, I still dance, girl, if you may. But yes, I was I was a part of that. And Ricky Smiley host the um, Battle of the Bands. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a pamphlet, and I remember seeing Ricky Smiley, and I remember me and my mom was walking to leave, and I saw Ricky Smiley with a microphone, and I turned around. I had the booklet. Which, the pamphlet letting everybody know what time everybody was going to go on and stuff like that. And I took the pamphlet and I ran up to Ricky Smiley and I asked him for an autograph. And I remember he said, You got something special coming to you, kid. And he signed my booklet. And I remember that. I don't think I've ever said that to anybody, other than my mama. But I remember that. And I remember that being something. I I remember somebody saying like, Oh, that ain't nobody Ricky Smiley. What nobody but i'm just I'm just a part of this 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 cloth that believes that no matter who it is, if they're doing great things, salute them or shut up mm-hmm. if you don't have anything to say which you shouldn't it shouldn't take nothing from you to salute somebody that is excelling in their craft like
2: that's hate that's, that's literally
3: it's literally hate you would you would perpetually you would push that narrative on a kid like come on
2: like and to discredit somebody. Who's doing something that's resonating either the place they live or the culture they surrounded in, and you try to tear them down in spite of them trying to uplift, or in spite of them trying to raise the bar in a certain dynamic or a certain demographic? It, like to 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 respond to that with discourse to me is like you literally just want to 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 tell Sunder something.
3: That's right, Drake. People don't remember them doggone prank calls. Listen.
2: We miss Robert.
3: We miss Robert, so does Precious. A 92 Tahoe. A what? A 92, A 92, 92 Tahoe. Tahoe. I ain't gonna say it, I ain't gonna say it, I ain't gonna say
2: it. Like, we owe Ricky Smiley you Flowers for the alone. about
3: to cuss. <laughs> now.
2: Like, we owe him something for Daryl alone. Like, for 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 him to. Him and Arnez J., yeah. the way they uplift the people that were close to them that deal with these ailments. Like uh Down syndrome or um being mentally challenged. Like mm-hmm. they are handicapped. Like they took those things and they made them relatable. So people who came into contact with they realized that these are people too. Because these people exhibit personalities. Yeah. And it's hard to see them when you see them in public with other people because mm-hmm. all you see is the handicap. But when you hear a comedian talk about how Dealing with this person is so uplifting. or uh, it's, it's such a blessing to see, uh, interact with them day in and day out. You now look at it a little differently.
3: Yeah, I'm going to keep it gangster with you, though. I appreciate everything you just said. I'm going to keep it gangster with you, though. Some stuff ain't funny to me. And I'm going to tell you, listener or viewer or whoever this is, I got a little bro to draw. You come over here making them jokes, and I ain't going to give a damn about slapping your head off. <laughs> on oh, my mama, on oh, my soul, I swear to God. But take, eight. Hey, start talking (laughs) I just got triggered I swear on my everlasting soul but I don't give a I don't give a damn what you think is relatable baby I don't care nothing about that girl if I wanna laugh at it girl my friends don't even make jokes about no Down syndrome people you come over here I'm not gonna care nothing you gonna talk about the short bus and all that I'm gonna tell you I'm supposed to be on it with it and I ain't been diagnosed by no doctor but bitch (laughs) Yay! It could get retarded. Like, listen, tread lightly, baby. But anyway, like I was saying, my man. Um, I had the trigger. Shout out to Jonathan. I love you, baby. Um, I love you, Jonathan. But like I was saying, um, yeah, we do owe Steve Harvey. Absolutely. Now, I know Steve Harvey somebody who we all look at like, man, you don't shut up, nigga, with these big fat suits, <laughs> like, fat pocket when you don't shut up talking to me. I know that's probably what we, we think about Steve Harvey, yes. You know, I get it. I get it. But, for what it's worth, Steve Harvey has produced... And giving us some things has given some things to the culture. The Steve Harvey show was good. You know, we 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 got a chance to see Romeo and
2: Bullethead.
3: Bullethead, You know,
2: I can't remember the girl from all that name. It's always hard
3: for me. Uh, Mary Yes, that's a name. Um, you know, we we uh we sit up here and we we don't like some of the rhetoric that Steve Harvey says, but. Steve Harvey has been somebody who we actually enjoyed. You know, he gave us a Steve Harvey show. He he has a show that comes on with Strawberry Letter. You know, he has a TV show. And Steve Harvey was one of the kings of comedy. He is a king of comedy. Nobody disputed him being a king of comedy. The person that was disputed was D.L. Hughley. You know, but nobody disputed Steve Harvey. No. Or Cedric the Entertainer. Like, Cedric the Entertainer. I wish they'll stop giving him TV shows because they keep getting canceled. But, you know, that ain't Cedric's fault. No. Mr. Cedric the I, Entertainer. I, just, I like, want him
2: to do stand-up specials. Like, I just, like, just one at least just so we can get that feel of him again.
3: Yeah, I miss Cedric the Entertainer on my TV show, you know. like, But as, as far as Steve Harvey, like I said, personally, you might have a bias towards him. But put your bias to the side right now when it comes down to applauding those who who are used to the applause. Mm-hmm. I mean, Steve Harvey has been in, 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 interwoven into a lot of things. You know, what was the thing that was hosted by Sinbad? um it's a music thing that happened, but... Apollo? Mm-mm. No, that wasn't Apollo. That was Apollo. He, that, he hosted Apollo, though, didn't it? Uh See her. Show your love. <laughs> Show your love. But, but he always, the baddest band in the land, the way he talked about Earth, Wind and Fire, me and my mama used to go up. So, you know, Chris Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, his last comedy special was not funny. However, Chris Tucker is cemented in black culture. Okay. You can't move, Chris Tucker. No. I'm sorry. I don't care how you feel. Uh, stop. Stop. Stop it. He is a legend. Absolutely. We can't take that away from him. Stop trying to hold your legends up to people that's coming out. Like this is not the time for comparisons. He's already done some work. He's already put in work to where you know who what Chris Tucker is. You know who Chris Tucker is. Yeah. You know, stop you know who the hell Chris Tucker is. Yeah. You know who Chris Tucker is. You you know who this man is, regardless of how you may feel say his name and give him his flowers. you know
2: i I want us to start to understand the job that these men and women go through as comedians like because if we understood what it took to be one maybe we would hold what they do in a higher regard Mm -hmm. like i I, I wish people would take like look at yourself look at your day-to-day the thing that actually causes you the highest level of stress and think about trying to relate what that is to another person, while remaining funny about it.
3: Think about what it takes for you to make people who do not want to laugh laugh. laugh. Like, do you know some people go to the to the doggone store? Like they to the store, but <laughs> they go to a, com- a com- comedy show with the intent, intent of not laugh. Of not laughing. Ain't funny for him. Man, that ain't funny. Especially if it's free. Man, these niggas hate me. Man, I my partner funnier than him. Like.
2: I'm good
3: to that. Well, yeah, you're good to that. <laughs> I mean, you're probably one of the most big. You are the biggest biased beast that I know. But, that, said, that aside. Even in these moments, yeah. you put your bias aside. Okay. You know, like. Even in these moments, because like I said, I mean, even though Brown is biased, he is also very—he's eyes, so he can see talent. He might think that Dre is funnier than you, but that don't mean that he don't think you're funny, or it could mean that you—he thinks you're not funny. But he's not gonna (laughs) come and tell you that, you know. He's not gonna buy a ticket to tell you you're unfunny, you know. (laughs) He's not gonna tell you that, you know. So respect his respect his honesty, you know.
2: I, 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 but The, the gall
3: Boo this man Boo That's probably brown when you get up on stage And try to, try to tell a joke or something like I've, that Boo this man Boo I've never done that Why are you telling these people that? He got on J's But he not funny Boo
2: That's not even, see
3: they he'll tell par- you that you look, you know, man, that nigga fresh, but he'll joke stale. He'll tell you that. He'll say that, he'll put that on status, and then now you mad. And that's, then that's it's not, just crazy. It's just go. crazy. This is not
2: how go. that goes. Sometimes uh, at least it gets into these little tangents, with Some more.
3: <laughs> Some more is a female comedian. Monique is a female comedian. Um what's what's my girl name? Lunel. Lunel is a comedian. She funny. Lunel hilarious.
2: Lunel is that woman that I'll be scared to go around in family picnic. Cause you know old women flirt, but you always laugh it off. Lunel look like she be dead serious.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Lunel might like, pull your pants
3: off. Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. I'm so I'm so proud of our sister to see that she has landed a kid say the darnest things. Eat. Like she is on you know, nighttime television, she is hosting a show that was hosted by Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. So regardless of the bias that you have, like, this is this this is black cinema happening. These are comedians. I mean you got Kevin Hart who who just hold, who's just inside of a drama. You know, you have artists that are testing their limits. Mike Epps, Like for what it's worth, like Mike Epps transcended us calling him Day Day. You know, that's something to be said. Like he transcended us calling him. People day don't day.
2: realize how hard it is for you to shake a
1: character,
3: make exactly. character stay. Exactly. Chris Tucker is not smoking. Uh uh-uh. No, we call I'm him Chris, Chris Tucker, Tucker, even though we realize he's smoky. Yeah. Day day. It's <laughs> not like we're not saying that. We say Mike Elps. Yep. and we have to. We have to continue to say that because it's like, you know, even with comedians like Lil Duval. Le Duval created an era himself. Le Duval, like I'm I'm sorry, Le Duval was one of the ones that started these these skits. I think it's he's
2: he the only he the only other
3: person other than Eddie Murphy that got a hit
2: single. Eddie Murphy like, <laughs> like the only other person, like Lil Duval.
3: Le Duval got more than one hit single for the record. Le Duval has been making songs and putting out content and putting out videos on the internet for a very long time. Before Vine. He was one of the first, if not the first, to do it. And is now taking his platform into a completely different genre. I tell you this, if I can sit up here and give Plies his due for being relevant, for taking social media and, and blossoming it into, into something else, you're not going to tell me that little Duval don't deserve the same credit. Lil Duval on SportsCenter having conversations about his Jaguars, a comedian. High dinner. You know? <laughs> and Le Duval didn't even start smoking until later in his life. But Le Duval has been supplanted in su- into some of the most in su- into some of the culture that is our culture. You know, we saw Le Duval in Ludacris videos, TI videos. You know, we saw him... What up Denzel? You know, Washington. <laughs> I mean, we saw him on, on Comic View. Uh-huh. You know, who you think you... I didn't them drinks, girl. You is my girlfriend. <laughs> I don't wanna hear that stuff that you just came out. To have some fun, hang out, just chill. <laughs> Damn, didn't I tell you to come? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that on Coming View. You know, I mean, I saw a lot of these artists, not just on comi- Coming Coming View, but Def Comedy Jam, Bad Boys of Comedy, Shack All Star Team. Like to see these people still continuing to put in work, it's like. What's my boy's name? I be saying this joke. It seemed like the only person who know remember this is T. And he had said, he came up with the song. and was like, you got the breath of a thousand asses. And we can't talk no more till you chew on some gum. You need Holyfield to put on some peppermint gloves and bush you in your mouth. I'm trying to help you out. This was an actual song. It don't nobody Remember this? I, I, know. I know, bro. I know. But this happened for real. And I... It is. It would be. We would be remiss if we did not talk about John Witherspoon and 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 create a space where people can actually say, "Yo, this man was a legend." Without somebody attacking it and saying, "Y'all weren't paying attention to John Witherspoon two days ago." Like we no. But I think to alleviate ourselves of being able to hear that. We should do a better job at uplifting our legends. We should do a better job at saying how important our legends are and giving them their flowers while they exist. We should be the people to tell our, let's not wait for the world to crown our kings and queens. Let's do it ourselves, you know. Let's not wait for, I don't care, like, no, Robin Harris should be talked about because he gave us babies kids. He did. I mean, for nothing else. Like, bro, like, he was—he had his own, you know, he had stand-up comedy, but the contribution that he gave the culture was baby's kids. I mean,
2: like, look at, like... That
3: was huge.
2: Yes. And then look at what he was a part of. Like, he was in Harlem Nights.
3: Like, yes. Like... Harlem Nights, bro like This is black cinema. This is and not just science. black movies. This is black... <laughs> Cinema. Like,
2: this ain't his fine, bro. Like, Harlem Nights was one of those
1: movies.
3: Del like, he... Reese was inside this movie, though. Like, come on, G. Like, <laughs> come on, bro. Like, alright. Bring it, nigga.
1: <laughs> come on. Oh. You want to hit people with trash? <laughs>
3: oh. Oh, yeah. Come on, that's quick. the stuff.
2: But um,
0: that's
3: the stuff that's what I'm talking
2: about like the, the most the most um,
3: and house party correct John
2: yeah correct. the most like glaring thing is like we have the ability because we control culture we control cool mm-hmm. we have the ability to put these people's names in places we have the ability to give them our attention give them our five minutes that we just messing around with to share something to to to, to create an outreach with, with their message, that everybody starts to buy into. Mm-hmm. We have the power to make sure everybody notices the people in our culture that we hold to a high regard.
3: By Felicia was on bags and t-shirts.
2: Yes. By Felicia has been in white movies.
3: By Felicia. Girl said, I wish I had Felicia's life. She's always going somewhere. <laughs> and it's Not just, knowing. Y'all just take everything. Right. <clears throat> We don't have to wait for an Academy Award to see for them to to crown our greats. No. Let's not wait until they dead. Let's forget what social media is telling us. Let's take a step back and act like let's just let's have a conversation. Like it don't have to be who's better. Just let's just talk about what is. Like we don't have to compare our greats in order for them to be great. We're not talking about who's going to be on the Mount Rushmore of That's another conversation. We're talking about there is a litany of names to be mentioned before we even just go into talking about who's in the top four, who's in the top five, who's in the top 20. No, let's just consider. Let's call all of their names out. You know, Red Fox. Legend legend you know red fox like stand for the sun come on bro like let's let's call our our goats out let's call them out let's say who they are and let's not just put no comparative thought on it let's just say that they are deserving of the flowers we appreciate your service because that's truly what it is we appreciate your service and all that you've given the culture
2: like I, 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 want us to take the moment to use John Willespoon's passing to realize that the people that are put here to make us laugh—that's their talent. That's their purpose. Mm-hmm. We should recognize that. Like they should be held in high regard. They should be held the same way we hold up our Michael Jacksons, Talk our about Beyonce's, it, or... our Tupacs. Mm-hmm. Like they should be held in that same light yeah. because they have a hold on our culture the same way those other individuals do mm-hmm. and they have a task that is almost just endearing if not more and more taxing on them
1: mm-hmm.
2: than, than the others because they have to take real life and make it palpable to you for comedy it's the not same. just listening to it it's you have to laugh at it
3: the same way we we love reality raps. We love rappers who who talk about what's real. You know, as Tupac said, you know, the artist, the rapper used to be the the um, the newscaster and the, and the reporter in the hood. We just they just basically said what was going on in the hood and put it on music. Well, do you know how sure of yourself you have to be? In order to get on the stage and look out and see people with stone faces. And, and over their heads, you can almost see the thought bubble saying, Make me laugh, nigga.
2: <laughs>
3: Make me laugh, nigga. I'm not going to crack it. You got to get this from me. I'm not going to give you nothing. You got to get this. Mm-hmm. When I go to a comedy club, I watch something. If I see anything that kind of makes me smile, I'm typically mm-hmm. I'm weak. You know, because I came here for this. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us are using senses for humors, our senses for humors, as coping mechanisms or defense mechanisms. And as I said previously, I do a lot of both. Like, it don't matter how difficult life is, I'm probably going to be weak, like now. Um, because at the end of the day, it's just not about us all the time. You know, all of us have a job. And we should salute the ones that are so selfish that they choose to make people smile. Even as they're not snot You know, to see them get out up there and talk about divorces and, you know, children hating them or being away Ill- illegitimate kids. And the death of somebody. To see them put all of that out and laugh. Like... I
2: Paul Mooney.
3: Oh, yes. Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney. Nigga, dum- Nigga dumbass.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul Mooney definitely. You know, we have to. Th- that's an OG. Yeah. You know, I I was sad to see Dick Gregory go, but not really because this man was eighty and he put in work. work. Yeah. I would go rest. Yeah. You didn't put in. You didn't work. You, you didn't. You. You didn't. You did more than enough. You excelled, my God. Like, we still finding out all of the things that Paul Moon, I mean, not Paul Moon, but uh, Dick, Dick Gregory had up on his sleeve. we still finding out that this man, uh, he got a, he got so much, he accumulated so much money that he was researching things. He was putting money into scientists' research and formula for milk, and the milk that they give our kids and things like that. Like, we have to understand that a lot of, comedians have exercised outside of the realm of comedy, and they were able to do that simply because people trusted them enough because they could make them laugh. You know what the severity of this is, and you're still laughing? Well, certainly that's something to be. I I, I can trust that. I can trust in that because the tenacity you have, the audacity you have to laugh at some shit like this. You know, so... I,
2: I'm glad that I'm not glad to be, be very wise, wise what I say. Um, I want us to appreciate the lives of the people that make a difference in our day-to-day.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The things that we hold true to us, that pull us out the funks that we go into sometimes, like those people deserve credit because they did that specifically for us. Like if you ask them, why do they make, like, that, that's what it, we, I made it for that. Mm -hmm. so whenever you are having a tough time or whenever you have to make sense of something you can watch this you can listen to this and you can pull something from it that actually does something discerning for you Yeah. like you are able to discern things in your own life that are, are, are rearing themselves to you so you can now displace the things that need to be displaced and you can hold on to the things that need to be held on to like it's not the end all be all for you and you can understand that because look at me haven't experienced the same thing and I can make a joke about it to the point where you in the midst of it can
3: laugh. Wanda Sykes, Wanda Sykes is a black comedian, she was a part of Poodoo she's a part of uh blackish What was her name uh, Big Shorty. Shorty, of course, Big Shorty. <laughs> Shorty, what you mean? That's <laughs> yes, God, Big Shorty, like, first of all for the record, Biggie, another fun fact, Oh, uh, Pudertang is one of those one of those movies for me. You know, Chris rocks, Chris rocks, Chris rocks, Chris rocks. Pudertang. I mean, come on, man. Like, let let me scoop past. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get you in a minute. I'm gonna get you in a minute, Pudertang. But listen, Chris Rock had a single with Gerald Levert. Can y'all, y'all know what this movie, y'all know what song this is? No sex in the champagne room. No sex in the champagne room. Absolutely positive. No sex in the champagne room. You remember? Because that was, and all he was doing was just cracking jokes.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Like, the things that comedians add to our culture, like, we have to do better by by amplifying their work. It is funny, but you learn something. Yeah. You know, I laughed till I couldn't laugh no more at Dave Chappelle. But the things that he made me think about in laughter was great. I laughed at the Bernie Mac show, but the lessons that they taught us was great. You know, I laughed, I laughed at D.L. Hughley, but the fact that he get out here and has a radio show, the GED section where he, you know, he talks about things that's going on in the news, you know, he's an author. These comedians are not just niggas that's sitting up in front of you telling jokes at a microphone. They actually have minds that they can spin around and give you something to think about as well. We look to our comedians to give us very nasty medicine on a sweet spoon. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
3: Rest in peace to Pops, man. Rest in peace to John Witherspoon who taught us that, you know, you live to fight another day. You know, taught us to think about stuff in the heat of the moment. You know, one of my favorite scenes is when Craig was fighting. He was consoling Craig's mother. He said, hey, you got to let, let him be a man. Get up, son. Get up, Craig. Get up, Craig. Let him be a man. You know, we all love that moment. Not just because it was a resounded moment of victory from Craig, but the support he had from his family in that moment. And that was what was the most palpable for me. Like, his family supported him. His sister supported him. His mother supported him. And they didn't look like crazed individuals. This was life. Ugly and life. You know what I'm saying? Friday went off without us knowing any, too much of anything until next Friday came back out. So.
2: Also, I do want to share like on the post that his son made about him. And. For someone to have passed, like they're no longer living, and that's the post you make. That's the feel you gave off. You truly, you truly don't have any regrets. You don't have nothing that you can hold on to to say, "I didn't do this." Yeah. You experienced every joy possible
3: with your father, mm-hmm.
2: and that should be that. That post he made should be held in high regard. That should be how you feel.
3: That should be a lesson.
2: That should be how you feel when a relative leaves. You should feel proud. That you experience life
3: with this person. Yeah. Like, I saw someone say that they didn't expect for John, Mr. John Willispoon, to die. Like, it's kind of how I felt about, you know, um, Stanley, him passing. That man was 90-something, bro.
1: Like,
3: I mean, you just didn't think he could die. But
2: he, cre- I mean, he created the people that live forever,
3: exactly. Like, you didn't
2: it's it's almost like
3: Excelsior, like you didn't expect it for him to be able to die. However, we're not sad that he's dead, we said sad that we won't see him, but we rejoice. It
2: wouldn't
3: John was a spoon. Now we weren't ready for him to die. Mm-hmm. We would have liked for him to live a living longer for us to be able to acknowledge him, but that should go to tell us. Tomorrow is not promised, and if you can tell the people who you admire that you admire them today, tell them that you admire them today. You know, today. Don't wait. Don't wait for the moment to assess itself. Don't wait because, like Nipsey Hussle taught us, like John Williamsone is telling us now, tomorrow is not promised. And before you go out here giving this man a humanitarian award or a lifetime achievement award for a life that's gone now, let's do a lot of that today. We don't have to stop at our kings of communists. No, let's speak. About all of the people that have made us laugh, all of the people that have taught us something over the years. Thank you, Dave Chappelle, for your contributions. Thank you, Jamie Foxx, for your contributions. Thank you, D.L. Hughley, for your contributions. Thank you, Robin Harris, for your contributions. Thank you, Ronaldo Ray, for your contributions. Thank you, Man, for your contributions. Thank you, Lunell, for your contributions. Thank you, Cat Williams, for your contributions. Thank you, Samoa for your contributions. Thank you, Monique, for your contributions. Thank every last comedian that you have witnessed was giving you something in your darkest days thank them because without it you know a lot of us would still be sick but it does comfort us a great deal to know that there are other people dealing with the things that we're dealing with and they can laugh so above anything man we want to just laugh and love and send our hearts and our condolences to the family of mr john witherspoon and our family and our and our condolences to Not just our condolences to that family, but we want to send our love and light to all of the unsung heroes. We pledge to do a better job of singing and lifting every voice to make sure that yours is amplified. Thank you to the Wayans brothers, the Wayans family. Thank you. Thank you to the Wayans family for providing us things. Thank you to Martin Lawrence. Thank you to Will Smith, these are artists, these are artists that are in our community that we have to do a better job at amplifying them. Forget your bias. If we're talking about entertainment and the things that are done, let's talk about that. I don't care that you think that he not really that funny. I don't care that you think that she not really that funny. I don't care. It is a privilege to see Tiffany Haddish come from living out of her car to living somewhere and got a show on TV. With her name on it. With her face on it. It is a privilege to see this girl who y'all tore down as being black. Ghetto black trash. To now she on a syndicated TV show speaking to children. Suck her vulva. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Don't you stop. Put extra spit on them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We, um... We... Have to remember all those who take on the mantle of what a comedian is supposed to be, especially even those that are from this city.
3: Thank Uh, you, Michael Blackson.
2: Like, especially your Ricky Smiles, your Royal Woods, even the up and coming people from this city, your Funny Mains, your your Detroit Reed. Like, these are people who.
3: James Harris, that's my partner. What's up, James?
2: So these are people who are taking on that mantle as well, and they're going to travel those same roads. So. We should be the first in line to celebrate them so that everybody else can.
3: Support. Support. Stop talking about what our Steve Harvey did for you. Stop talking about what our Ricky Smiley did for you. Ricky Smiley been putting on food drives and doggone Christmas drives, toy drives in this city for a very long time.
2: Ricky Smiley gave us his son. Huh? <laughs> huh? Brandon Smiley is up there. So we need to, to get behind these individuals and make sure that we, we uphold them so... Shout Everybody out to Faison
3: else. Love, you know. He ain't the fun. He, he's not the person that's been met with the most. You know, he said a lot of things that I'm like. Yeah. But now, on Love, salute this man. Yeah. You know, and you can tell by how the up and comings, the way Chico and the way DC on Fly and the way Carlos Miller, they look at this man. They salute him. Regardless of what y'all say, salute those who put in the work to do it. Address them as Milster. They put in some work to do it. You know, let's start being that much more supportive of, of the things that we want to see. And stop trying to police comedy. Absolutely. But that's a different conversation, isn't it?
2: Let us, if, if left is the best medicine, let us hold our, 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 our uh, pharmacists in high regard. Mm-hmm. Because they are the people that keep us well. So, mm-hmm. On behalf of the with committee, we salute all of those that were mentioned on the show tonight.
3: And those who we forgot, we forgot to mention, man. You know, we number two people with two loose screws in our heads we just
2: <laughs> it just make a sound that we we, we make music together.
3: <laughs> yeah, man. We just we try but we appreciate it. We salute each and our each and every one of our listeners for tuning in tonight. We appreciate y'all for staying with it for the money. We look forward to seeing you next Wednesday where we'll probably be running our mouths about something else that can add to the culture, much like Mr. John Witherspoon did. And remember, keep it locked right here on Smash Bros. Radio every Wednesday for Witty Wednesday. Stay with it.
2: For
1: the money. For
3: the money. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all be good.